and welcome to my hearth. When we're thinking about storytelling, we have to include the power of Christmas. Because after all, very many stories are based around a Christmas setting. Now, the most obvious one, of course, is Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. And Dickens himself is often given the title of the originator of Christmas, the inventor of the modern Christmas. A Christmas Carol had an amazing effect on its public when it was first published. And in fact, it hasn't been out of print since. It is an amazing mixture of various kinds of storytelling. It's such a long while ago in one of the original podcasts of this series that we talked about the Greek definition of us as human beings. We are a spirit that has a soul which inhabits a physical body. Therefore, we have three elements to us, the eternal, the spiritual, the emotional and intellectual, which is the soul, and our physical bodies. Now, all of that is encapsulated in A Christmas Carol. At its heart, it is a story of sin and redemption. Ebenezer Scrooge has sinned against humanity by being so heartless and cruel and greedy. His life contains no mercy or humanity. He punishes the poor. He makes money from the needy. He persecutes Bob Cratchit, his employee, and has no sense of liberality towards him. He has done one of the terrible cardinal sins in the Bible, and that he is greedy and has avarice in his heart. He has made the pursuit of money his God. Remember, money in itself is not evil. It's the love of money which is the root of all evil. Putting money above God. Now, the process that Ebenezer Scrooge goes through in A Christmas Carol means that he does get forgiveness and redemption. He repents of his greediness and in the process becomes the exact opposite. He is full of kindness and generosity and the Christmas spirit. Now, the spiritual process is enhanced by the fact that Scrooge is visited by four ghosts. Firstly, that of his partner who has died, Jacob Marley, who warns him of his potential fate. And then the three spirits, the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas yet to come. So like any great Greek storytelling, there is the element of prophecy in the story, and Scrooge has the ability 
to change what has been foretold for him. He breaks the cycle of behaviour by repenting and therefore breaks the eventual outcome that has been prophesied for him. It is an emotional journey for him. He is shown the other things in his life that he has loved. His sister, his previous employer, Mr. Fezziwig, and all the trappings of his early life. These encounters touch him to his very soul and give him the possibility of change. In the present he sees the reality of what 19th century Victorian London is really like. There are many Scrooges around him in his earthly life. He is given the opportunity of seeing what the outcomes are from this way of life, this Victorian madness. Now the other side of that is a kind of fantasy Christmas world which the author is trying to encourage, the spirit of the modern day Christmas. Now remember that the modern Christmas didn't exist until a Christmas carol. There are lots of instances in Victorian times of people trying to get Christmas recognised as a holiday. For quite a while it was a half holiday. You went to work in the morning and then when you left work for your Christmas lunch you didn't have to come back in the afternoon. Boxing Day, the day after Christmas, was not a holiday. Victorian England, with its great range of mechanisations, the Industrial Revolution, didn't work well if people kept having time off. The processes had to be restarted if you stopped them. Victorian society was based upon the fact that the servant class kept things going while other people took a day off. It seems strange to us now that the servant classes only really had one day a year that was fully off, as it were, which was Mothering Sunday, Mother's Day, where people went home to visit their mother, but it was just for one day. It is a source of great joy that the Cratchit family's daughter comes home for Christmas dinner. And again, it is a Christmas carol itself which cements the idea of the elements of a Christmas dinner. Turkey was an American import and the English Christmas dinner usually consisted of a goose. We also forget, well certainly I was aware of it in my lifetime, that chicken itself was a luxury when we were younger. Now chicken is the cheapest of meats. So some people would have celebrated Christmas with a chicken. For Queen Victoria herself, chicken was her favourite roasted fowl, and she ate it regularly and very quickly. It's a famous story, isn't it, that uh, everyone 
hated going to have dinner with Queen Victoria because as soon as she'd finished her course, which she galloped through, the plates were cleared away whether you had finished or not. Now the third element of the story is our physical bodies, and we are made very aware of those in Dickens's A Christmas Carol. Lots of people in it are ill and undernourished and suffering from a lack of food and comfort. Tiny Tim himself is crippled and goes through a redemption story himself. And Scrooge is an old man who is going into decline and eventually, if he had followed his prophecy, to an ultimate death. My grandparents, who were Victorian by birth, always used to say when I was younger, it's a hard life if you didn't weaken. And the stresses and strains of having to live such a physically hard life were very clear in A Christmas Carol. However, Christmas Day itself becomes something of a party, of a rest, of a celebration, of a feast. All of these things are there, and the central premise, the tenant, that you are celebrating the arrival of the Christ child was key to the whole festivity. It is strange that in this secular world people talk about happy holiday rather than happy Christmas. Christmas only exists because of the sense of Emmanuel, O come, O come, Emmanuel, the idea that Christ is with us on earth in human form. We are celebrating the miracle of the birth, the incarnation, God made flesh. It is, in essence, a religious holiday, a commemorative celebration. Now it has other advantages as a storytelling ploy. I've already said that it has become a place where people are expected to meet up and be together. People come home for Christmas. That's great from a storytelling point of view because it means that people that have been apart, perhaps even for the rest of the year, do come together and therefore you could get family interactions with all the possibilities of different storytelling as a result of it. People are often tired at Christmas because they've literally exhausted themselves in preparing for the event itself. There is an unnecessary expectation on what Christmas is supposed to be. So much food, so many presents. The simple holiday feast has turned into several days of feasting. It's also become very expensive to deal with all the presents and the food at Christmas, which is putting strain on relationships something which the feast itself can't always deal with. It has become a time of luxury 
and excess, and that obviously is putting strain on the participants. Also, you are supposed to have a good time now rather than a rest. You are expected to enjoy yourself rather than just rewind, and that also adds a free song to the storytelling. It has become a season that we keep asking the question, what are we going to do, rather than going, hooray, we don't have to do anything. Because of the excess of buying that's gone into it, it also has become a bit meaningless. We are missing the true spirit of the celebration. And those tensions, of course, help lead us into conflict within the storytelling, especially if it's a family situation, at Christmas time. It's cold and travelling is difficult, and yet we are expected to make the effort to get home at all costs. And there are several stories which are based on that idea. It's interesting how many people say, We've just had Christmas, I could do with a holiday to get over the holiday. It's also ideal for two other kinds of storytelling. One is obviously ghost stories, because the Christmas carol origin itself is based on the idea of ghosts. It's also ideal for a murder mystery, because you can gather together a group of people who then get cut off by the weather. And so it has those ideal aspects of a limited number of people with no chance of escape. Now I will talk about my family's experience of Christmases in the next episode.